0: Rob McCarron (laughs) Jeff Hawkins
1: Is it? Can it be? It is! The phenomenal one is here!
0: A.J. Styles. Oh my gosh!
1: You're listening
0: to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins
1: everything is negotiable whether or not the negotiation is easy is another thing carrie fisher today on the last shake them ropes of 2016 we're going to do a bit of a year of review SmackDown was very eventful, and we have new tag team champions. And Rob, I won a Sheedy. You know what that means? 2017 victory lap. All year, I won podcasting. My Oscar-like reign of terror begins this week. Twelve months worth of me just being me. I guess. Anyway, here's your host for Shake Them Robs, Rob McCarron. Hi, Rob. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I am very flattered that anybody would vote for me for anything having to do with podcasting. So thank you for anyone who did. And that's what I have to say about that.
0: That was a heartwarming acceptance speech.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, 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 it makes me feel uncomfortable. It does a bit just because I find art's not a contest You know and our artistic things aren't a contest i wouldn't call i wouldn't call this art necessarily i'd call this an experiment in terror but um but no i'm very thankful that that you know i was even nominated so winning was was fine and i'm happy and of course all the cash and the women that i get with it right that's coming yeah
0: yeah no one out there knows what you're talking about and we're going to keep it that way and that's okay uh, that's perfectly acceptable Um, Yeah, a lot to go into on the uh, last episode of 2016, the last one. It is over. It is December 28th. This year is coming up to a close pretty quickly. Uh, We are going to talk about uh, this Raw show from Monday. We're going to talk about, obviously, the Wild Card Finals, the best pay-per-view of December from WWE.
1: Wait, hold on, hold on. We're going to talk about this Raw from Monday because I have a specific line from you. We're not talking about Raw.
0: And way to kill the joke.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> way to
0: just kill it. See, what happens is, oh, we're going to talk about Raw, then we go into a segment. Okay, Raw's up next, but first, then we go into a segment. Oh, but Raw's up next. Oh, that first, was your idea for a, a joke? And oh, then okay. at the end, is all right, time to talk Raw and silence, <laughs> and the show ends. And you that's to... 2016, everybody. Jet <laughs> ruins everything.
1: You have to tip me to your bits that you're going to be doing here. I mean, Give I the can go into mine. Back. I'm giving everything back. I'm giving this podcast back. You can host with, nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm
0: certainly not going to host with the best ghost. No,
1: no um, I didn't. Well, I didn't win that one. So that's perfectly fine.
0: All right. Uh, so, yeah, more on Raw later.
1: What else? What else could I ruin tonight? Let's see. <laughs> I don't
0: know. We got WrestleMania seventeen to talk about. The uh, the TLC two is mm-hmm. our top one hundred match on uh, on our top one hundred countdown is match number eight. We got that. Uh, we're going to talk about the SmackDown pay per view uh, that aired on USA. Uh, the wild card finals. Still don't know what that means. I guess the wild card was in reference to Dolph Ziggler winning the title shot. Sure. Sure. And then Baron Corbin just gets in there. So that was your wild card finals. We'll we'll find out the mystery behind La Luchadora, of course. Uh a lot of that, and then we're gonna go through a year in review in WWE. We're gonna go um uh, I'm I'm gonna lead you through it, Jeff. I'm gonna be the uh the captain of the ship.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? Let's uh even though you're going to go chronologically here, let let's go with some top stuff. Who was your, What was your, oh, what was your match of the year? What did you like? What was your favorite match? May not have been the best match, but what was your favorite match in the WWE universe across all platforms this year?
0: Um, I mean, I was big into that Shinsuke Nakamura Same Zane match uh, from NXT Takeover. Um, I was uh, I liked AJ Styles John Cena. I like the whole AJ Styles John Cena idea, honestly, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's going to go into January is pretty cool. Um, there wasn't, I feel like 2015 was better in ring. Uh, even though 2016 was great, we never got that top level of matches. Uh, I, revival, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, all that stuff was really good. I, I think in ring, the best stuff was on a few of the takeovers and then WWE had some really consistent, uh, main event stuff, but, uh, nothing that jumps out at me as, as being a match of the year, uh, as far as okay. WWE pay-per-view matches go.
1: Okay. Fair enough. But
0: anyway, we're going to... So throughout this show, it is the year-end show. It is the final show. We're going to give out some awards. We've got the Shake Them Ropies. um, And that's because I don't have a name for any of this stuff. Uh, So we have a couple of awards to give out. Um, I will uh, give you the nominees. Jeff Hawkins will give you the winners. Uh, They've been tabulated and uh, very, very discreet amongst the two of us. We don't know who's going to win until we open up the envelope. And in Jeff's case, we don't know who's going to win until he picks a name. So first, <laughs> before we do the awards, though, mm-hmm. I want to go into the SmackDown Wild Card final show. Okay. Because as I alluded to, it was kind of like a pay-per-view. I mean, it had the tag team titles. You had the women's championship and you had the world championship. Yes, it's a lesser pay-per-view. It is like Clash of the Champions, if you will. Uh, but we have new tag team champions. American Alpha won the belts and Randy Orton, Luke Harper seem to be going their separate ways. We are finally getting the infighting and Bray Wyatt's going to have to pick a dude. And God forbid if Eric Rowan comes back and decides who's the winner of the Harper and Rowan feud or the Harper and Orton feud. I don't know, but it, it seems to be where we were when Daniel Bryan joined the Wyatt's and then uh, you know dissolute you know dissolved from the group. Uh, we are going to get some Randy Orton coolness coming up, and this is the start possibly to the WrestleMania build with Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, what do you think about the tag team title match on SmackDown, and uh, how hyped are you for an American Alpha reign?
1: Well, therein in your explanation is my slight criticism of it. I thought the match was fine, don't get me wrong. And I don't like these multi-team schmazes to determine a a winner necessarily because I think it ends up – you end up having to beat three of your top tag teams in order to get –
0: I I like that it was an elimination, because at least in the match sense, you have a team outlasting two other teams. Yes, you you did away with the competition, but that's okay. There's other teams that can come up. You have the Revival hanging around. Hold on. You have the Revival coming around, so they could always be brought back up, and boom, you have strong competition. And now you have the Revival and American Alpha. With NXT history, you can build something around on that. So I, I like the fact that it was elimination. And let's face it, this wasn't the original plan. It was going to be Mojo, Raleigh, and Zack Ryder, and then they got hurt. So this was uh, their way of just kind of moving things along and still giving the fans what they wanted to see. I mean, American Alpha winning the tag team titles exploded Chicago, and it it gives you a lot to look
1: forward to. It's fine. It's not even my biggest gripe. My, My concern, I think they should have held off the dissension angle until next week. I think they should have given American Alpha this moment to really solidify themselves as a big deal. Because as soon as, you know, they get the belts, they're cutting back to Harper and Orton, you know, shoving each other and having problems and all the heats on that as opposed to having shine on American Alpha right now. They could have held off this argument until next week where they're probably going to get a rematch of some kind if they're not getting a rematch at the Rumble. Um, and, and I think they just should have let American Alpha have that moment to kind of reestablish their credibility within the division. The match was great. Let American Alpha have that star moment as opposed to cutting over to the quote-unquote more interesting thing with Orton and Harper because you think Orton's a bigger star. That's mm-hmm. my only concern.
0: I feel they had enough of a moment. I mean, they got the win. The crowd goes nuts. They're celebrating in the ring for several seconds, you know, for I think half a minute before they finally leave the ring. They had their time. How how much do you want? Do you want a commercial break to go right there? What do you want? I don't doing? want
1: and I don't want anything else drawing focus from it. And that's what this was was it was drawing focus from it. More people were concerned about well, what's going on with Orton and, and Harper right now. And that could have waited until next week's television. You have all this time. You don't need to rush through this right now. I, I just I just that's that's my grip. I mean, I'm happy American Alpha's gonna get a chance to be the title holders. I'm looking very forward to a program with the Usos, hopefully because I think those matches are going to be phenomenal. But I just I just think you can have one moment at a time. This week would have been the moment you give American Alpha to celebrate their championship. Next week, from the get-go, you can have it be about the Harper-Orton breakup and, and whatnot.
0: Listen, when Ray and Finn destroy the First Order, they move right along to the next thing on the list in Star Wars. Alright. They're not they're not celebrating their win for twenty minutes. You move right along to the next thing. Things happen. Han Solo dies. Guess what? There's more action one minute later. Spoiler alert, Han Solo
1: died. <laughs> okay. You nerded out on me a bit there. I had no idea where you were going with that.
0: Things, it. Move, well, on. Things all, move on.
1: Well, okay, there's a difference though. You have a you have a two plus hour movie to get it all in there. Here you have two hours of weekly television.
0: Did Luke Skywalker's return ruin the thunder of Ray and Finn dominating the first order? Come on. What, no.
1: What is wrong with you?
0: Did Mark Hamill steal the heat? Yes. All right. Well, there you go. There, Jeff hated star Wars. There's your headline. I kind of did. Thought, Jeff thought Mark. Oh Jesus. Don't get into that. No, it is not the time for that. Jeff.
1: It was just I the same. Wars. It was the it was a fan film that first oh, one. I haven't seen Rogue Jesus. One yet. Don't spoil Rogue One for me. I'll kill you.
0: Have you ordered your food yet? For for Blue
1: Apron. Oh, no, I have not. Ah, that's that's right. I need to do that. I just yeah, got you home. Do. I just got home Monday, so I need to I need to and I've been cleaning and stuff. Yeah, I need to order So You're
0: back. You're back in Los Angeles. You don't have a Mm -hmm. lot of time. You're out and about. You're doing this show. You're working. You're working overnights and you're you're doing the acting and the comedy thing. You don't have a lot of time. So you got to get on that blue apron, get your meals sent to you, cook them and tell the people how they are, because I've used uh, one of the reasons selfishly. That I gave you all the coupon codes is because I you I use blue apron before I know what it's all about. So now you get to know what it's all about. So hopefully all the people listening can get to know what it's all about Uh, because I want to thank Blue Apron for coming on as a new sponsor for Shake Them Ropes. In 2017, Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the U.S. They're affordable, easy, and a better way to cook. And I know because, like I said, I have been a member. We've gotten food from Blue Apron. Jeff, you will find out how easy it is. Oh yeah, to my brother no my food. brother's
1: my brother's gotten blue apron before, and, and Lord knows he doesn't cook anything. I mean his, his idea of cooking is throwing something in the microwave for a minute and a half, but he did all this and he really loved it. He thought it was easy. He gives you the step-by-step directions, gives you all the ingredients. Uh he loved it. So and, I'm and, looking and, forward to
0: it. And we've done we've done the tests, we've done the uh we know what our demo is. Our demo wants things to be easy, and this is so easy. The best part, the feeling of cooking unique meals without having to spend All the time at the grocery store, because that's my worst part. I would eat so much better if I didn't have to go to the grocery store. And Blue Apron allows you not to have to go to the grocery store and make good food. You get fresh ingredients delivered right to your door with step-by-step cooking instructions, as Jeff mentioned. From baked mozzarella chicken to blackened Cajun catfish and more, Blue Apron is a must try in 2017. And now at blueapron.com slash shake, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, guys. Three meals free just by going to blueapron.com slash shake. Just go to blueapron.com slash shake. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Treat yourself right now. Blueapron.com slash shake. Blueapron.com slash shake. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So I want to thank them for coming on as a sponsor for this show. 2017, because I've tried it. I love it. Jeff will try it. He'll love it. And you guys should try it. And you'll all love it. So I, I want to thank them uh for joining the list of sponsors as we head into two thousand seventeen, which allows you guys not to have to worry about paying for this show. Support our sponsors so you don't have to worry about, you know, spending ten bucks a month on Patreon or signing up for a subscription service or anything like that. Support the sponsors. They allow this show to keep being free and make it worthwhile for us to do it and come into your ear holes every single week. Should I give it out an award, Jeff?
1: Sure. I have I wanna, no idea what these are, but let's see what they are.
0: I want to get out an award. We've got a few. Uh, we'll we'll do the first one right now. The 2016 year-end Shake Them Ropes Awards.
1: The Tinos. We'll call them the Tinos. How about that? They are the
0: Tinos. The first annual Tino Awards uh, <laughs> comes out right now, and it, it starts with this. The NXT Rookie of the Year. This was fan voted. You guys selected the winner. The NXT Rookie of the Year. The nominees were Austin Aries, No Way Jose, Shinsuke Nakamura and Ember Moon, and with 71% of the vote, your winner is Shinsuke Nakamura. Jeff, what was your favorite Shinsuke Nakamura moment in his rookie season with NXT?
1: Oh, the Sami Zayn match, no doubt. Seeing that live was awesome. I I really enjoyed that. I mean, is there a bigger story in 2016 than the new Japan Ford jumping over to WWE? I, I don't, I don't know. think so. In our year-end
0: review, we might discuss that. What was the biggest story of the year? And, and, oh. and what's crazy is that—that you know, that was the first story of the year. Like we're four days into 2016. We're 2015 was odd enough as it was. Mm-hmm. We're going into 2016, and all of a sudden, boom! New yeah. Japan is raided. WWE gets Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. Holy crap! Uh, it was a—it uh, was an interesting way to start the year. But your NXT Rookie of the Year, the first ever Tino Award winner. Shinsuke Nakamura, congratulations, Mr. Nakamura. He was unable to be here to accept his award, so we will deliver it to Winter Park, Florida, get it to the nearest publics, and hopefully he will find it at some point.
1: Charlie Caruso, Charlie Caruso was robbed, not being nominated.
0: Yeah, wow. she jumped right to the main roster, though. She's That's not even true. an here anymore. She just That's goes true. right to the main roster. Um, nice. Who is La Luchadora? I
1: believe it's Tamina.
0: Yeah, that was way too small to beat Tamina.
1: It wasn't because I thought it was Naomi at first because when she came, but I just, I thought it was Naomi the whole time because it's not a, uh, for lack of a better term, it does not appear to be a Caucasian under that mask.
0: Yeah, it's Mickey James.
1: That's not Mickey James.
0: It's Mickey James.
1: It will. It might be Mickey James eventually, but that was not Mickey James. Well,
0: that's what I thought. A lot of people were talking online how it might be Diana Perazzo, and I'm like, no, no, that that was a joke.
1: That was a joke from uh, Casey over at Squared Circle Sirens, I believe.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, I know. There's, there's one. He was obviously yes, but there are other people talking about how it could be her, and I'm like, even if it's anyone right now, that may not not be who it ends up being. But it it wasn't Tamina.
1: They're not bumping her up to the main roster. (laughs) Well, no, I don't
0: believe they are either. Okay, we're on the same page there. Right. Um, But you had uh, Alexa bliss uh, survived and Becky Lynch seems to be starting something else. So she'll be out of the title picture. So who's next for Alexa bliss. You know, we don't know. Um, Could it be, I could it be Nikki Bella? Could she be going back? Could it be, uh, there's a whole bunch of things going on with that women's division on SmackDown. You got Alexa bliss. You got Becky Lynch. You got Lalu Chidora, Nikki Bella, Carmella. Everyone's kind of where they started. Natalia coming back, starting her program. Now with Nikki Bella, Uh, it's, how the SmackDown women's division started, right? Where there's six people and they're going to eventually break off, but now Alexa Bliss seems to be the odd one out, which is weird because she's the champion.
1: Yeah, what did you think of this match?
0: I thought it was pretty good. Um, I like Alexa Bliss so far in SmackDown. I thought she's been one of the best performers, if not the best performer with Becky Lynch right there.
1: I thought the arm... Uh, was very impressive. I don't know what she was doing with that, if she's double-jointed or if she's like my brother and that she broke her arm and it was just set wrong so she can do that naturally. But that uh, selling of the arm was quite impressive. Uh, They need to get rid of the uh, reversal, 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 reversal spots that uh, when you, you do when you have two baby faces kind of fighting each other and they stand up and square off against each other. Because that thing made it clunky and it kind of lost momentum. But I liked the match overall. I thought that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> La luchador interference aside.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll end up being Mickey James. I, there's a lot of internet sleuthing going on. I don't know who is it who it was, who's it going to be. It just seems the most uh, logical that it'll be Mickey James. I don't know why you would debut or redebut Tamina in that fashion. Seems weird, and I don't think Tamina was. La Luchador, La Luchador was moving a little bit differently than Tamina would have.
1: Right, but if it's Naomi, it's an instant heel turn. It gives her another character to play, and it, it kind of evens up the uh, sides, right? I think. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it gives you four heels and two faces now. I don't know.
0: I don't believe it was Naomi. I'm gonna go with Mickey James. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was Bret Hart.
1: No, it was not Bret Hart.
0: Eh. I've seen stranger things happen in 2016. And I'm going to go with uh, Mickey James being number one. Uh, I will say that live Morgan number two, and I will say Bret Hart number three. Those are my three choices. Uh, okay. For La Luchadora. It's a swerve. You see, it's a swerve.
1: I got it. I'm trying not to ruin any more of your jokes tonight. So let's
0: go stop. order your free food guys. Free food. Three weeks, free blue apron.com slash shake. Why? What are you waiting for? Go order your free food. Uh Yeah, don't ruin any more of my jokes. They're bad enough as it is. Mm. Uh, they don't need to be ruined. No. My delivery ruins them just <laughs> fine. Uh, Baron Corbin is officially a main eventer. Uh, how does it feel to be in an age where Baron Corbin is a main eventer?
1: What a time to be alive. I thought he was pretty good in this match. He was he a was bump great. machine. He was a bump machine in this match. That spot uh, where they double t- teamed him through the table I thought was great. I loved the uh, end-of-day zigzag combination. Uh, I loved this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I really liked the uh, – I liked how he handled the the stare down between Cena and AJ Styles after the match. I thought it was a good idea to not have them swing. I think AJ should be confident enough, even though he's a heel, because he's beaten John Cena clean before to not get caught up in anything. I think Cena's kind of towing that line uh, just enough to think you're, he's being a little heelish in all ways. Because that opening promo and that end, thing, yeah. he was being kind of a dick, to be honest. He,
0: with he was doing the old, uh, the old Boston and the and the rhyming and the uh, the hip hop early John Cena, and he was he was bringing back a lot of eras or eras or ages of John Cena there. Uh, he was getting a little aggressive, and here it is: AJ Styles, a guy who's beaten him twice now. Uh, you know, I'm, this is a question I have when we find out that John Cena is going to wrestle AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. You know, when is Undertaker coming back? We don't know yet. Um, Is the Undertaker going to play a part in Royal Rumble? Does John Cena win? And what happens with AJ Styles? I guess the biggest question of this, with going into Royal Rumble, Kevin Owens facing Roman Reigns and AJ Styles facing John Cena, Roman and John Cena kind of being the two pillars, we had AJ and Owens carry WWE this entire calendar year. Are they going to get lost in the shuffle at WrestleMania time?
1: I don't know if they get lost in the shuffle, but they're definitely going to be lower on the card than they are now, I think.
0: Could um, we see both titles change hands at Royal Rumble? Or are we maybe one, one waits till Fastlane? Or maybe does Kevin Owens and maybe AJ Styles both hang on to their titles so they can defend the titles at WrestleMania? What is the chance from one to 10 that Kevin Owens and AJ Styles are both heading into WrestleMania as champions? Two. I don't think it's very likely. I
1: think I one don't of think them, it's likely at all. I
0: if I cool. if I had to pick, John Cena's winning the title at Royal Rumble, and then AJ's just you know, and maybe they have a rematch at uh, Fastlane or whatever the SmackDown pay per view is. I think Elimination Chamber, whatever the SmackDown pay per view is, either Fastlane or Elimination Chamber, John Cena, Randy Orton, or John Cena and AJ Styles get a rematch. But I, I feel like John Cena's taking this title, and the Undertaker's coming calling.
1: I just my my problem is I can't see them putting the title on Cena at rumble because it seems like a much bigger moment to do that at mania you know to to tie flair's record or to break flair's record it's tying rick flair's record right
0: yeah yeah but you know you have the undertaker john cena match so if that match is going to happen and it's for the title you gotta then you take the title title off then
1: you take the title off in february on that pay-per-view and give it to undertaker i think
0: yeah, I suppose, I, and I don't even know what they're gonna do. And this is the exciting part because you know with gold with this wild card finals and Goldberg being on the show next week and Dean Ambrose and the Miz happening, which I'm super hyped about. We are getting into the exciting, crazy time in WWE again. We are officially oh, yeah. there. Uh, it, this isn't waiting till the Royal Rumble for this to happen. We are officially there right now. Uh, so what they do, there's a lot of different ways they can go, and I'm gonna be with them every step of the way. But I I just feel like we're getting into this mode where okay it's Royal Rumble time we need to get the belts on the real stars mm-hmm. which is John Cena Undertaker Brock Lesnar Goldberg whoever Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns whoever uh, and Kevin Owens and AJ Styles are going to be left wondering what they're going to do at WrestleMania like yeah. I, I I worry about that like and maybe it's a the ladder match for both of them maybe there's a ladder match where it's Raw versus SmackDown who knows.
1: That's a possibility. I, I mean, I, th- I think I think I think they're getting they're gonna be I don't think they're gonna be in one on one matches necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't it, see it right except now. Except maybe mean, Kevin Owens. I think the Kevin Owens Jericho blow off happens at Mania. I think that's gonna be that match.
0: They deserve to get a match. They deserve yeah. it. But well so does I, AJ
1: Styles. I mean, AJ Styles deserves to have a solo match high on the card. Quite frankly, I think defending the title, but that's me.
0: Well, and think about this, too. We're we're going to go into another WrestleMania where it's a six-hour show, right? Yeah. I mean, two hours of the pre-show and then four hours on the main show. They certainly have time for all these singles matches, but will they do it? Will they do it? Uh, it's going to be interesting, but uh, it is time to give out our second award for the best of 2016. Our second award, Jeff Hawkins, is the most creative WWE Network special event name of 2016. <laughs> and the nominees are? NXT TakeOver Dallas, Roadblock, NXT TakeOver Toronto, Roadblock, end of the line, and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And Jeff Hawkins, open up the envelope. What is the most creative network special name of 2016?
1: Oh, I think there was a typo on this. I think it's NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Oh,
0: Brooklyn 2 gets the win in an upset a little bit. I thought Roadblock might have taken it. Uh, Roadblock kind of came out of nowhere. But no, the winner is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Congratulations to Brooklyn and NXT TakeOver for the most creative network special name of 2016, the official second award in the Tinos of 2016. Uh, So yeah, that was SmackDown. It's setting up a lot towards the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble now has uh, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, it has the Royal Rumble match and it's going to have the uh, SmackDown championship with AJ Styles and John Cena. That's a hell of a top three.
1: Oh, agreed. I'm, I'm looking forward to this Rumble season a lot. Makes me a little bit upset. I didn't go to the Rumble in seven mania. Just this, a
0: little bit. Now this, uh, what's been happening lately on the big shows is that people are more excited for takeover than the main WWE show. It happened at SummerSlam. It happened at Survivor Series. Uh, Royal Rumble definitely is going to dominate TakeOver as far as hype going into it, especially when you're main eventing with Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode versus the Rumble match, an AJ Styles-John Cena match, and a Kevin Owens world title match. Like Royal yeah, Rumble but- is going to dwarf this TakeOver, and that's rare that that's happened that way.
1: Well, yeah, because they haven't built anything since Survivor Series, really, other than naming the next challenger. They didn't, There's no real... I mean, in, in your other NXT TakeOvers, there's been a gen, general progression for a feud to build up and heat up. I don't see them doing that. And there's not enough depth to do that on this card, top to bottom, where you're thinking you're going to be excited for these matches up and down, like other takeover cards. There's at least two or three matches where you go, man, I'm looking really forward to that because of the feud involved here. There's not for this match. I mean, you're going to get rude and Nakamura and that, uh, you know, that, it's a good match. I don't know if it's a great match, but it's a good match.
0: I'd probably be more excited for Nikki Storm and, uh, and oh, yeah
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my match that I, I want to see because, you know, the, the tag team title match is probably going to be DIY versus the Authors of Pain.
0: Yep. And the Authors of Pain are going to win. Probably. Oh, they're going to dominate.
1: You think they're going to kill
0: him? I think so. I think Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are going to be dead. Not dead, you know what I mean. I think it's okay. going to be a pretty easy victory. I think I, I think Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are meant for short term. I don't know if we're going to get this long title reign. I think Authors of Pain are going to take it and they're going to run with it for a while. Okay. okay. I just don't know exactly what they do afterwards with Auth- Authors of Pain. It's not like there's a big Hoss tag team for them to go battle with, right?
1: There's always the revival. They could do a heel on heel feud.
0: Well, I would imagine they do something with the revival at some point, but even then there's something sanity maybe i mean sanity maybe. versus the author's name
1: no no sanity i mean they got a lot of heel teams right now yeah. they would have to turn somebody baby
0: i i would suppose but let's get into this year in review i mean 2016 was a wild and crazy year we we got into it a little bit earlier uh, a with, little bit i mean the calendar just shifted to 2016 and all of a sudden boom shinsuke nakamura and aj styles are in wwe and to a lesser extent doc gallows and carl anderson uh, they haven't been as important, obviously, to the company as Shinsuke and AJ, but still, it, it's been a fresh tag team scene on the Raw side, even though New Day went the entire year as the tag team champions. It, it still felt a little interesting and new, um, but you had on January 5th, right after Wrestle Kingdom 10, you know WWE was just starting its build to Royal Rumble. You had Court Bauer of MLW telling, uh, telling the people on his radio show that Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, AJ, and Shinsuke all gave notice to New Japan. He didn't outright come out and say that they were all headed to WWE, but he said they were quitting New Japan. And the logical step was to go to WWE. Uh, so we started with that shocking news. People were talking about it for weeks, and the hype was going into the Royal Rumble. Will AJ debut? Will Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows debut? What's going to happen with Shinsuke? Ah, uh, we we heard on the NXT TV tapings in late January that Shinsuke Nakamura was going to be facing Sami Zayn, uh, or maybe it was early February, but we knew what Shinsuke was doing. We still didn't know what AJ was doing until the Royal Rumble, and that's when AJ Styles at entrant number three came out, started his return to WWE in a way, his full time career in WWE officially. And look what AJ has done this year. I mean, January maybe the most important month in WWE all year. Jeff, now is your chance to say, officially, was the AJ Jump the biggest story in WWE?
1: Yes, no doubt. No doubt in my mind because not only of who AJ Styles was at the time, but I think he is completely over how do you say not overproduced but he has completely blown away our expectations of what they were going to do on this yeah. roster i was completely wrong i i thought i was fighting you know, with was, you guys
0: i was fighting with you guys in february and march that you guys need to let aj kind of settle in and that's exactly what Well he hold on to do. hold
1: on before we get to that before we get to that i was wrong about the rumble because i thought there's no way they're going to debut him blind and i didn't think people would know him and i was wrong about that um, you got on me about waiting and waiting and waiting, but at the same time, they blew that first feud with Jericho. They really did. that 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 Jericho feud was bad. And they regrouped, they put some faith in AJ on the microphone. They turned him heel, and he took the ball and ran with it to use that metaphor. And if you had told me he was going to be anything more than a guy, that they let the top guys beat i would have said i would have laughed at you but here he is he's the world heavyweight champion for the wwe and
0: he's the, he's the world champion not only that though his record in wwe has been pretty outstanding he's 97 and 61 in wwe and that includes house shows and of course he's the champion in the later start, stage of the year so he's usually going to win but hell he, heel champions don't do well in wwe and this guy has a 670 win percentage
1: and he brings it for the big matches every time. He 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 does not miss. He does not let down, and he's great. So hey, yeah, he, I mean, I mean, th- there's no way anybody else is the MVP. I mean, I I
0: oh MVP you know, of uh, WWE absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's Owens. not obviously an official uh, Tino category, but no. if it were, he would be yes. our MVP. Yes, he, him or Triple H. Because obviously the Royal Rumble, Triple H came back. He was the world heavyweight champion for the first couple of months of the year. Uh, Jeff, I ask you, was Triple H winning the world title the most important story in WWE?
1: Good God, no. I I thought that was a bad move, to be honest with you. I I did. I didn't like that at all. But it got people talking. It got people interested. It built up to the match at Mania. Great. Uh, Dean Ambrose was made to look dumb for a few months actually oh, God, yes. months
0: prop comic prop comic dean,
1: dean prop comic dean ambrose worst gimmick of 2016 do we have that as a tino
0: no we don't okay
1: good then i didn't ruin that joke but yes prop comic dean ambrose back again to, to kind of continue this build for roman reigns as the big conqueror and then, <laughs> and then as we go on in the year we'll see what a what a great job they did with that right
0: yeah, we move into uh, February, and this was when Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura was officially announced for Takeover Dallas on NXT TV. So you had Shinsuke coming in to uh, to NXT. You had AJ Styles starting out. And he wrestled Kurt, uh, what was it? Kurt Hennig's son, um, Curtis Axel, a little bit. Right. Uh, he had his first major feud was the Miz, and he was getting really good matches out with the Miz. And then of course the Chris Jericho program happened. It was kind of intertwining with the Miz for a while as they moved from Raw and SmackDown, and Chris Jericho wasn't on every show. Uh, the matches with the Miz were much better than the matches with Chris Jericho, I agree, but AJ was getting his feet wet, and this is when people were complaining that he hadn't used the Styles Clash, and not yeah. to make the year-end review all about AJ Styles, but the first couple of years, he was the biggest story in WWE, and, and AJ Styles not using the, the uh, Styles Clash was a big, hot topic, You know, setting up other moves. It's ended up working out very well because now he has three established finishers in WWE. Uh, so we got into Fastlane also, and this was the... Uh, the night when Brock Lesnar had a world title match and people were wondering if Brock Lesnar was going to somehow take Roman Reigns' spot or maybe Triple H's spot and be the main event of, uh, of WrestleMania. So you had all of that happening. It was Roman Reigns on the road to eventually getting the world title shot at WrestleMania. I ask you, Jeff, was Roman Reigns' February the biggest story in WWE all year?
1: <laughs> no. All year? No. Oh, why would you ask that?
0: Jeff hasn't figured out the joke yet.
1: I haven't figured out the joke, but that's and okay.
0: Also on fast lane, by the way. I'm also,
1: I'm also watching a basketball game, as I said. So I got really Jeff is very to dedicated to the, to the
0: show. He's very dedicated. <laughs> he hasn't ordered the Blue Apron sponsor food yet. <laughs> well,
1: I forgot about it because I had to travel. To basketball. And stuff. Oh come on. I, well, UVA is playing Louisville. I can't help that. Uh, uh, no. no, but but no. It okay. I'm 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 starting to get in on the joke because sometimes your jokes are a little esoteric for my taste so uh, no it's not um what am i off on my calendar or did they have an elimination chamber on the network in this february or was that last february <laughs> the tag uh, team one uh, yeah. was that last year yeah was that, that was last year okay cool.
0: yeah it wasn't this uh elimination chamber was late i did they do one this year i don't know if they did one. no they did year.
1: not they did not do one this year then okay. i didn't
0: think they did Cause the right, well, uh, yeah. Cause right back with the intercontinental t- championship and the tag team, maybe it was after WrestleMania. I think a- they're
1: going to do one. I think they're going to do one in February again.
0: Well, they are. Well, it's in, uh, it's in March.
1: Oh March. Uh, okay. Jeez, they're doing one in March that close to Mania. That's well no, it's ridiculous. pretty
0: far away. I mean, WrestleMania is April seventh, like it's Ryan. the second week, the second Sunday or something like that. So Elimination Elimination Chamber. Uh, let's let's look at the old Wikipedia for the elimination chamber. Let's get down this rabbit hole, shall we? Uh it's in uh, Phoenix.
1: It's February seventeenth, I believe.
0: Do be so okay, then the other pay per view. Fast lane right why is the elimination chamber not giving me to the elimination chamber uh let's see there's the pay-per-view February 12th, 2017 in Phoenix. 12th. Yeah, right in your uh, parent, your family's neck of the woods, right?
1: R- right. I have friends who are going to the The show old
0: Talking go. Stick Resort Arena. That must be new. Uh, no. So Elimination Chamber, no, and then you're going to have Fastlane in March. So that's the March pay-per-view. But it's still right. spread out kind of from WrestleMania. But this is a SmackDown show. So Elimination Chamber will be the SmackDown pay-per-view coming two weeks after the Royal Rumble event. Uh, but, yeah, the Elimination Chamber did not happen in 2016. Right. The last okay. one was May of 2015, the old John Cena-Kevin Owens match.
1: No, Talking Stick took over the branding for American Airlines Arena in downtown Phoenix. It's the same uh, arena. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: there you go. We're learning so much on this show. Uh, <laughs> also, also in February, to close out February, the big Callisto-Alberto del Rio feud. Oh, took good lord. The fall's turn. I ask you, was Callisto's run in WWE the biggest story of the year? No. Well, that's a shame for Callisto, poor guy, poor, that, poor guy.
1: That Alberto Del Rio, uh, that that run may have been the worst in WWE history for a guy of that stature. What do you? It was say?
0: bad. I, you you started having the League of Gentlemen, League of Nations, I believe they were called. Yes, uh, the League of Nations. How forgettable was that group? First of all, now two of the four aren't even in the company anymore. Right. But we go into uh, March. This was the roadblock show the the night where people thought that dean ambrose might actually win the title and go on to face roman reigns <laughs> if i ask you how foolish were the people
1: at the time not very but in hindsight very how about that
0: that was good I thought, was
1: I thought he was gonna win i thought i thought they, they may do that and they may build that feud up i thought mm-hmm. they might It's better than what they did.
0: uh, Yeah, it would have been weird timing for Dean Ambrose to win and go on to WrestleMania. Maybe they do some type of three-way, but then the story gets all clogged up. Uh, People thought it was going to happen just because Roman Reigns was so cold at the time, and they didn't know if Roman Reigns was actually going to be the guy to to main event of WrestleMania. And they went with it, and it was one of the most forgettable main events in history. As we roll into April, it was WrestleMania. It was also the Sami Zayn Shinsuke Nakamura match. This was a hell of a weekend. You have the NXT TakeOver show with uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe ending short due to Samoa Joe's blood injury. Uh, You have Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Then you go into WrestleMania, and it's all crazy. I mean, Sami Zayn is wrestling. They're doing the ladder match. You got the main event of Roman Reigns Triple H, a forgettable one uh, as far as main events go. But you also had the in-ring return, in a way, of Shawn Michaels. I mean, there was a lot of fun on the show, but I think it's going to go down as one of the poorest uh critiqued wrestlemania of all time
1: it was very cynically booked to go over for a general audience and it didn't help that the audience couldn't get in for the first couple of matches on the pre-show
0: that was an embarrassing uh, night too yeah because we're following along i'm not i'm not there obviously but we're following along to reports that we're you know an hour from the main show starting like the pre-show is already going on Callisto and ryback wrestled in front of nobody and we're an hour going into the main show and no one can get in the building because there's only like two sets of doors open or whatever. And, and people are struggling to get in. You wondered if the show was going to start with half an audience there.
1: Yeah, the 10-woman tag didn't have much of an audience and that was much better than uh, it had a right to be. Uh, that whole NXT TakeOver card was fantastic. I mean, you had the debut of uh, Andre C. and Almas. You had uh, American Alpha winning the tag belts. Uh, you, mm-hmm. had, uh, you had, you uh, had the Bailey Oscar rematch was was really good as well. I mean, that was a great card and it, and it kind of, uh, I mean, look, I mean, we complained about a lot of the booking of WrestleMania, one of which I called, which was Jericho going over AJ Styles, but it was very cynically booked for a, for a uh, casual fan, fan base and, you know, and it pandered to certain demographics. So you got the Zack Ryder intercontinental title win for one day,
0: which was an amazing moment. I mean, that may have been the most amazing moment of WrestleMania that year was Zack Ryder mm-hmm. winning. I don't care if he lost it the next night. It didn't matter. And the Miz has been, you know, by far one of the most entertaining aspects of WWE for the rest of the year. So in hindsight, it all worked out perfectly. How could, how could you come out and say that Zack Ryder losing the next night was a bad idea?
1: You I can, can say that. Yeah, it's indefensible. Can. No, and then Big Banter got to make his debut on the main roster as well. And yep. the Andre that, the that, Giant.
0: I tell you what, that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal hasn't produced a string of uh, winners yet. I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if you win or not. Baron Corbin's done fine for himself, and Cesaro has done fine for himself. But as far as launch as being a launching pad for somebody. No. They could use that as a launching pad for somebody. If you're going to have a bunch of geeks in there, just have someone win and be a strong, uh, maybe a title challenger afterwards. Who knows? Uh, but so far, they've done nothing with the with the result of that.
1: And you had the triple threat for the women's title that uh, where the wrong person won. But other than that, it was a great match.
0: And Charlotte is still riding her pay-per-view win streak yeah. all the way back uh, from that show. Uh, we moved into May, and May was important uh, as far as behind-the-scenes stories as well as on-screen Payback, the very first night of May 2016, the Payback pay-per-view happened uh, where Roman Reigns defeated AJ Styles for the world title. This is when AJ was fully getting propped up to main event status. He had won the title shot the night after WrestleMania uh, in a big main event of Raw, and now he was getting title shots, and this really projected him into main event status. I think this, this both alleviated some fears that people had about AJ being a main eventer. And it also, uh, you know, caused some more problems because everyone wondered if he was going to be propped up in name only for the main event and then get slotted back down once he loses. If he was just a prop for Roman Reigns to get over. Uh, And, and, you know, those who feared ended up getting those fears alleviated and some others were before. But AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles being official main eventer. Charlotte was still a babyface this month. But more importantly, the end of May. The draft was announced and WWE was splitting brands and we were, we were both concerned at the time. There would be too many meaningless shows. The pay-per-views have kind of been that they have not been meaningful, Uh, but TV on the SmackDown side has been really good ever since then. Uh, What, what do you remember about your thoughts about when the draft was announced and how have those thoughts changed or kept the same since then?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, let me go back real quick here.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Jeff, was the yes. WWE draft the most important story of the year? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> um, I want to go back to your AJ point real quick because I think people had a right to be cynical. Uh, you know, they they create a T-shirt for a tag team with AJ Styles and, and Jericho, where the T-shirt last, where the tag team lasted a whole week. Sold well. Uh, and, yeah, it sold well. It was burned. But uh, my my thoughts on the draft were very cynical. Um, because every other draft split has not gone well um, for the WWE. Eventually Vince gets tired of, you know, he starts shuffling things around. He does. He wants raw to be the a show SmackDown tends to be an afterthought. And right now SmackDown has been a very, very pleasant surprise for me. Uh, It feels fresh. It feels loose. It feels again, straight ahead wrestling. As I said before, Uh, I think, I think having authority figures that people like, helped set a tone. Daniel Bryan having to retire was bad overall for the business, I think. Mm-hmm. But he's been really good for this SmackDown thing, and talking smack has been an absolute revelation. Uh, my concerns, of course, were the very thin women's and tag team <sighs> divisions being split up because they night.
0: Thank uh, you. I, I was hoping that wouldn't make it. I was trying to get away from the mic as possible. <laughs> it's and what, been and one what, of those times.
1: And what just, that would do, for, yeah. and what that would do for the two rosters. I thought they mm-hmm. should have uh, split the two up and, and had had like a tag team on one and a women's on another, but they didn't. Uh, but all the women on SmackDown have, you know, have improved in some fashion. They, I mean, all, a couple of the tag teams have improved in some fashion. I don't think a lot of things have improved on Raw other than maybe Braun Strowman.
0: Braun Strowman's been I mean, great. Jer- he's been a revelation, Jer- and this is what you do with having a split brand: is Braun Strowman has the time to develop. Uh, he has. The, they're going to put him out there, whether you're good or not. I mean, they just have let to. Let me quantify. To let me
1: quantify real quick. I'm not saying Kevin Owens and Jericho and all these other guys are bad. No. I'm saying they haven't. I mean, they're they're not. They're not elevating themselves necessarily in terms of improvement. They're already good, but they're not. You know they're 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 stuck in these comedy kind of gimmicks until the stars get home, so to speak.
0: And I want to correct something I said earlier when I said Charlotte was still a babyface at the time. I meant that she wasn't this big heel character that she is now. People still respected right. Charlotte, and we're starting we're starting to get away from like the whole big four, the four horsewoman thing, uh, with she and Sasha Banks. Uh, May was a big month too. Uh, WWE released several people. Cody Rhodes was released in May. Damian Sandow, Alex Riley, the biggest name of the bunch. Uh, released in May Um, so WWE the last kind of spring cleaning it's been a while since they had a spring cleaning like this they haven't released many guys since Um, and and now you look at you know Wade Barrett's not in wrestling anymore he's doing his his other endeavors which isn't bad but Damian Sandow has kind of been nothing WWE may have been right on Damian Sandow
1: yeah in some ways and that's a shame but that's not the fault of Damian Sandow either. I mean, Damian Sandow was doing everything he could with the stuff he was being given, and he was—I mean—that Miz program he did was phenomenal. And then they never wanted to do anything with him after that. That's not his fault. I wouldn't say they're right on him. I'm saying they were lazy on him. And then they—it's a self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing. When did uh? When did Ryback leave? Was that? summer after summer slam or was that yeah that was ba-
0: that's going to be later that was september I okay. believe, is when okay. he left or uh, later in the year
1: i uh, don't think they were right on Damian sandow i think Damian sandow just wasn't allowed to do much and when he did do that he wasn't uh, rewarded for going above and beyond
0: we uh we move into june and we're still a month away from the actual draft and brand split they announced it quite a bit early um, we move into June, and you have Andrade Cien Almas debuting in NXT. You have the Revival winning the tag team titles from American Alpha uh, for their second championship reign. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura continues his road of you know, less than meaningful matches. He's just getting some wins here on pay per view. And then Finn Balor's last night, uh, last uh, takeover in NXT. Losing a steel cage match to Samoa Joe, so this was kind of a turning of the page for NXT here in June. As you have Finn Balor officially leaving, you have Nia Jax leaving. You know these guys getting ready for the brand split and fruition, uh, and some new faces in NXT. What do you what do you make of the uh, the mid year page turning in NXT?
1: I remember being very very interested in who they were going to bring up and who they weren't, and watching this card and and seeing what was going to happen with them. Like American Alpha, I, I thought we're going to get a long run with the belts before they lost them.
0: Yeah, it's just their their time for being called up was happening. They had to get ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had, yeah. that brand split was was shaking up NXT uh, at its core. You know, these names that have been built up for a year because really it had been a year for American Alpha to get to where they were, and then all of a sudden they were just gone.
1: Yeah, and it really hurt the tag team division, really hurt the women's division in terms of, those those next level people you were trying to elevate into going, because that was a time when Alexa Bliss was starting to, uh, to, to get back up there there, you know, you had, you had Carmela who was starting to improve. You, you, you had those kind of lower level, the tier below the horse women that had to step up. And then when it was time for them to step up, it was like, well, we're going to put you on the main roster. So you're going to have to jump in the deep end of the pool and learn to swim.
0: Also in June, a, uh, It wasn't just NXT that was turning the page. I mean, WWE, as we know it for the rest of 2016, was being shaped uh, in June with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. You had AJ Styles fully turning heel. um, Not at at this pay-per-view directly, but really the heel turn was was on its way as he defeats John Cena in the much-anticipated AJ Styles-John Cena match. You have the help from Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, who had debuted months prior. Uh, to eventually form the club with AJ Styles. And you also had the the Shield all interacting in a Money in the Bank triangle where Dean Ambrose early in the night had won the Money in the Bank championship. Seth Rollins defeats Roman Reigns, who was the WWE champion, and then Dean Ambrose cashes in and then nine seconds defeats Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose would be the face of SmackDown at the time, and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns were on their way to being the faces of Raw. So this was setting the stage for who would have the championships when the WWE draft finally, occur- uh, finally occurred. So one of the most important pay-per-views of the year was Money in the Bank 2016. Jeff Hawkins, I ask you, was Money in the Bank 2016 the most important pay-per-view of the year? Yes. Wow, a yes. I didn't I expect so. that.
1: For, for expect a number of reasons. Bit. Well, I, I thought I'd say yes to see what you, how you how – you, uh, for,
0: for a number of reasons, all of which I will list in numerical order right now.
1: Well, it was interesting because they weren't um, – I mean, the whole Seth Rollins thing was so screwed up from the get-go in terms of how they brought him back. Uh, Dean Ambrose winning was interesting. And then of course, the reason why they put the belt on him is even more interesting. So I would think it really set the tone for the second half of the year. So yeah, I'd I'd say that this was possibly the most important pay-per-view of the year.
0: And then a couple of days later, we would have speculation uh, about Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns was announced as having failed a drug test for the WWE drug testing program. He was suspended. And think about this. People were asking at the time, is this a bigger story than the new Japan guys leaving? Is this a bigger story than Daniel Bryan retiring? Cause this was Roman Reigns. The company's, you know, from all accounts, the future flagship of the company getting suspended. And up until that point, Randy Orton had been the biggest name ever suspended. And, and, Randy Orton wasn't this big time babyface. I mean, he's a heel. It's okay. It's not like John Cena was getting suspended for drug test failures. But here's Roman Reigns, and people were wondering: Did they know this beforehand? Like, what was the idea with Roman Reigns? You know, what was this the reason why he lost the championship? Was Dean Ambrose never going to be the champion? Like, what's going on? Um, but it's amazing because we never talk about Roman Reigns' drug test failure anymore. Like, it, it did you even remember that happened?
1: Yes because it was definitely number three on the list behind the two stories you already mentioned because stars tend to get star treatment. I mean, there was nothing more surprising to me than hearing that Roman Reigns got popped for a PED and we never found out what it was. I mean, they handled it very smart, but you, you also had to make certain assumptions about what it was possible that he was uh, failed for because There are things that the company smiles on or turns a blind eye towards, and there are things they don't. Um, It was a top star, which you, I mean, you would think the the most, the most shocking thing about that story was not that Roman Reigns failed a wellness test. It's that they publicized it. It's that they made it public. A guy Mm -hmm. that they had used in so much marketing, a guy that having announced this, they could have lost so much money in ad revenue and sponsors and things of that nature. This was a big deal at the time.
0: It it was a major deal. Uh, I'm just, I'm uh, surprised a little bit about how it just gets no traction anymore. Like people are back to booing Roman Reigns because they may not think he's the guy or they may not like his matches, but it's not because he failed a drug test. I thought that would have, you know, stuck with him a little while longer and maybe it does for some people. Maybe, maybe it just doesn't stick with me anymore Um, But we get into July, and July was a crazy time for WWE because this was the WWE draft. The brand split was officially starting. We had the battleground pay-per-view. So we had the final time when all these guys were going to be on the same show before the brand split. You had all three members of the Shield fighting for the WWE title with Dean Ambrose winning. That was a match, too, because Roman Reigns hadn't been in the buildup for it because he was serving his suspension. We wondered on this very show, should Roman Reigns have even been in this match? Because if you're suspended for the buildup, should you really be getting a reward by wrestling in the main event of the next pay-per-view? Um, yeah, John Cena teaming with Enzo Amore and Big Cass against the club. So uh, that was setting up the John Cena and AJ Styles eventual big-time match happening afterwards. And you didn't even know what they were going to be on the same show. Uh, Miz defeated Darren Young. Uh, or no, it was a double DQ, it looks like. But the Miz and Darren Young were fighting for the IC title. And, and I bring that specifically up. Because Darren Young is nowhere now, and we thought Darren Young might be uh, a figure on Raw. These were the matches we were expecting to see when the brand split happened. Like Darren Young randomly was going to get a big push. Uh, it, it's happening with Braun Strowman, which is great, but it's not really happening with the undercard guys. Like we had Heath Slater and Rhino, but really the undercard guys are still undercard guys, and the main eventers before the brand split are still the main eventers. There's not a lot of new names in the mix outside of Braun Strowman.
1: Darren Young was very convenient for the Stephanie talking, uh, the Stephanie talking point about the pushing of gay characters and 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 things of that nature and and, you know that that was supposed to help him in some way and it didn't. Yeah, no, they unless you're the top guys you don't get a lot of creative love and you're kind of left to your own devices, and you hope that then they take a shine to you. Yeah, it was supposed to build up these lower guys, but it turns out they still need people to beat week after week. So they don't really build them up. I mean, I I'm not that surprised about all this. I you knew that Vince gravitates towards sizzle and that's why Braun Strowman and, and, uh, Baron Corbin appeal to him. You knew that was going to happen. Mm. And then, and then, but, but I mean, again, on SmackDown, it's done. I mean, they've built up two underdogs into guys. People want to see week after week and Heath Slater and, and, uh, And James uh, Ellsworth. So, I mean, you could say that they didn't do it, but at the same time, they did almost by accident on the quote-unquote B show.
0: Before we get into uh, the rest of July and the uh, second half of the year for 2016, the rest of the second half of the year, I want to give out our third award of the evening, the Tinos, coming at you hot. I want to go into the CM Punk Hater of the Year. The CM Punk Hater of the Year. And we actually had a last-minute addition to the nominees over the last couple of days. Uh, Your nominees are The Ryback, Stephanie McMahon, (laughs) Rob McCarron, and Howard Stern Show Wack Pack member Beetlejuice. Jeff Hawkins, you have the envelope there. The winner of CM Punk Hater of the Year is...
1: Oh it would have to be Shake Them Rope's own Rob McCarran. How? Who, hell?
0: I'm not a hater of CM Punk. When have I ever hated on CM Punk?
1: Who said he would eat a hat if CM Punk ever appeared in a UFC fight? And has, yeah, yet, how, has yet to yeah. cash in on that stipulation.
0: Yeah, um, I love
1: the let's put it this I'm way. I love pay-per-view. the Stephanie I love the Stephanie line, but you calling your shot was pure haterade.
0: It was not hating. Was Listen, hating. Hayden Velasquez just dropped out of a pay-per-view for UFC. People drop out of pay-per-views. I thought the odds were with me. CM Punk's age, his back, not his willingness to fight. I'm not doubting CM Punk. The guy made it to the top of WWE when no one thought it was possible. Out of sure will. The people have spoken, Rob. I can't believe this. The fan vote, you guys <laughs> let me down. I'm not, a, I'm not a CM Punk hater. You guys were missing the point. I just thought the odds were with me. I went out on a limb. I still owe you a hat-eating. Uh, it's going to happen soon. Eventually. Very soon. Very, very soon. Uh, order some blue apron meals and I will, uh, I will eat the hat. It'll happen. I wonder if hat is served at blue apron. I don't believe it is because they serve quality food, not hats. No. Got to get into the end of this July because we had the creation of the universal championship on raw, which was going to be their main title because the draft had happened at this point. So now you have the universal champion. You had Finn Balor being drafted to raw, uh, you had Rob McCarran being silly enough to think Finn Balor was going to be the leader of the cruiserweight division, which has also been announced for Raw. You know, Sami Zayn was going to be a cruiserweight. Finn Balor was going to be the leader of the cruiserweight division. Whoops. Finn Balor goes in, and we're now in August to SummerSlam and wins the Universal Championship, becoming the main star on Raw. But sadly, it would not last because he was injured in the match with Seth Rollins, and he is still out to this moment. Uh, what do you think about the first ever Universal Champion Finn Balor? Was it the most important story in WWE all year?
1: No, it was not, but it was very important. It was heartbreaking. It.
0: Uh, what just broke? You know.
1: No, I just I just dropped some, a DVD. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it was heartbreaking because that was Finn's time to shine on the main roster, and you only get that first chance to make a first impression, and you hopefully hopefully he doesn't get the tag that he's injury prone.
0: Yeah, and uh, this is a guy, I mean, we're not spoiling anything because we don't know when it's going to happen, but this is a guy who should be coming back soon. Yeah. The question is, is he going to go back into that world title picture or is he maybe U.S. title? Maybe I mean, is this guy going to be an important fixture or is the bloom off the rose with Finn Balor because of his quick injury?
1: I hope not, and I hope they don't put him directly back into a multi-man ladder match as they tend to do with people who are injured.
0: Yeah, his first match being a ladder match. Go out there, yeah. Finn. Yeah, you're you're ready to go. Go out and kill yourself against Sami Zayn and go ask,
1: go, ask, go ask Daniel Bryan for some pointers on how.
0: <laughs> Not even just him, Christian, too. Man, they do yeah. this. It's a real <laughs> thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, I believe, one of Sheamus, his first matches back. Sheamus
1: and, uh, Sheamus and Sin Cara, I think, Sin Cara, too. everybody.
0: If, yeah. if you were injured, they're going to test you right away. They're going to put you in a ladder match. They're going to put yep. you in that ladder match, and you just better survive. You better hopefully survive. Um, August was uh, indeed SummerSlam uh, also happening on the show. I mean, this wasn't just about the Raw Universal Championship. Uh yet Brock Lesnar defeating Randy Orton in what was kind of a dream match, but you know, ended up being, you know, a lesser main event uh, of a SummerSlam pay-per-view. Brock Lesnar's had a lot of those this year. I mean, we'll get into it later in November, but this has been a weird pay-per-view year for Brock Lesnar. It's like all the big feuds are out of the way. We're just going to putting them put them up with some big names and and see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler was getting a title shot, so not much has changed there. And Luke Gallows <laughs> and Carl Anderson were the tag team champions of the world and AJ Styles was defeating wait, John Cena more.
1: Wait. Wait. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were the tag team champions of the world? You're wrong in on that. Mind. One, no, I
0: know they didn't actually win. Okay. The, in their mind they were the tag team champions. Because That's they when they, should have, the yeah, exactly. when the they should have won. Yes, exactly. Right when they
1: should have won. They ended
0: up not being because that would be uh, crazy that the New Day would be celebrating their record had they lost the championships <laughs> during it.
1: And that another great uh, NXT takeover yeah. that weekend that threatened to uh, overshadow, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. NXT takeover with SummerSlam and it did threaten to overshadow. I, I and I thought it was a better show
1: overall. Yeah, uh, it had my favorite and, match. My favorite yeah. match of the year was on that one. That the first gargano chapa revival match gets underplayed a lot because that two out of three falls match was really really great but everything that paid off on that one was set the table was set on this one and and i have just watched it again today and I, i just love everything about that match
0: it was also the month where the ryback did indeed leave wwe officially uh he was he was released at his own request in august uh he was done and now he is lighting the indies on fire and by that i mean not so much I mean, the guy is not really wrestling many places at all. Nope. Does that surprise you a little bit? Because Cody Rhodes is out there, you know, working every indie possible. Uh, Going to be working in Ring of Honor, New Japan. You know, he's in TNA. Uh, Ryback has just kind of gone away and, you know, starting a nutrition supplement brand or some type of uh, food and nutrition brand. So he's doing other things. Maybe he's just branching out. Maybe Maybe he's setting up for a life after wrestling.
1: No, I, I talked about this when he got released. To me, he doesn't. To me, I don't think he was ever the kind of guy who wanted to be known as a great wrestler like Cody Rhodes wants to be known as a great wrestler. He's a guy who wants to be known as a, for lack of a better term, a, a wrestler who is a TV star. A, and and, and a, I mean, I think he likes the business aspect more than the performing act aspect of it. I think he likes bodybuilding. I think he likes the nutrition game. I think he likes the business. He likes the making money part, but I, I don't view Ryback as a guy who ever really looked at his, for, for lack of a better term, his work rate abilities and said, you know what? I really should improve on all this so that I, I can have these great matches so that people love me more. That's more of a Cody Rhodes thing, not a Ryback thing.
0: And yet August uh, ending out, we talked about Finn as the universal champion. He got hurt. So he was gone and Kevin Owens to this day, he's still a universal champion, but he won it at the end of August. Has Kevin Owens felt like a brand's world champion or a WWE world champion since he's won it?
1: No, he's felt like a very entertaining guy that that helps to carry a show, but he has not felt like a champion carrying a brand in my estimation. And that's what 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 WWE cares about these days. If you watch that Raw show, I mean, the New Day didn't feel like champions who were of any sizable notoriety after breaking that record. They're guys who came out and entertained week after week. The, The number of great matches they had was minimal. Kevin Owens has had great matches, but you always keep waiting for Triple H to come back and explain why he gave the title to Kevin Owens, and he hasn't done that yet, and that's part of the reason why he doesn't feel like the guy, because there's, he, the strings were pulled and you're waiting to hear what the Puppet Master has to say. And plus the Seth Rollins feud, it just really, I mean, it's based on, it, the whole Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins title program was, why doesn't Daddy love me more? That's what it was. So, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it, no, he does not feel like a champion. He feels like a guy in waiting, waiting to give the belt to a guy that they feel is a bigger star.
0: And on the opposite end of the spectrum in September, just a couple of weeks later, we would have AJ Styles defeating Dean Ambrose to win the WWE title for SmackDown. And AJ Styles on the other end has felt like a world champion. If if they were going to be co-branded, I think AJ Styles would be looked at as the real champion in WWE.
1: I Think at first he wasn't, but he has really grown into the role yeah. of yes and carrying it with his mouth. Because at it, first they made him just so goofy, they made him too, hurt too goofy.
0: It doesn't hurt that he's you know opposite ends of John Cena, whereas Kevin Owens Correct. is opposite ends of you know goofs and then Roman Reigns.
1: Yeah, no, that I, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, Virginia, yeah, so makes
1: though, hooray.
0: Hooray for Virginia. Hooray. Um, also happening in September. I mean, Backlash was the first split-branded show. You had AJ Styles winning that title. Uh, exciting on the SmackDown side is who was going to show up, right? You had Kurt uh, Hawkins being announced as he was coming soon. You had Shelton Benjamin, who ultimately didn't show up because of injury. Um, and then you had Heath Slater and Rhino winning the SmackDown tag team titles. Uh, of all the wacky names to be announced and show up, uh, even if you want to count two oh five live guys, who's the one that stood out? Who's been the wackiest since the brand split to show up in WWE?
1: James Ellsworth, and it's nice. not even close. And it's and that, not it, even close.
0: And that's not one that you know. Hey, we got to sign James Ellsworth. He just kind of happened. He just he he showed up. He got squashed by Braun, and the people took to him. Do you do you think that he got over so well because he was the first one? Like, yes. wasn't he the first one to be part of this? Like, yes. Yes, and and how that's come along.
1: His bravado and the fact that he looked weird and they made fun of his looks, but he maintained the tough guy veneer throughout it made him the most likely candidate to break out because I mean, week after week on those brawn things, you know, we had the I like big hot sweaty men. I don't think that guy that's the most memorable one for me. But no, James Ellsworth and and Heath Slater is a close second because I never expected Heath Slater to get over the way he did. Right. I mean, that, that was pretty spectacular. And you know what? While we're talking about all this, oddly enough, throughout the year, very quietly, Charlotte and Sasha Banks are having one hell of a feud.
0: It is. And we're not there yet um right but yes they are i because i i want to talk about it at the end just kind of okay. like how we're doing here I, the cruiserweight classic finale happened in uh just a few days later in what September. a spectacular
1: what a spectacular show that was from beginning to end and it was properly paced it was properly done it was properly shot they introduced the guys correctly they did everything right and then they ported it over to the main roster and screwed it up
0: Screwed it up a little bit. They're they're getting back more on track now. And and we've talked about this on the show too. When the, when the cruiserweight division started is you kind of have to let it settle in. They don't know exactly what they want it to be. Uh, It will take the WWE form after a few months. The women's division was the same way. The divas revolution. Remember no one knew what they were doing the first couple of months. And then it came into shape. And now people have an idea of what they're doing. You had TJ Perkins who won the cruiserweight classic against grand metallic, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is nowhere to be seen anymore. Uh, as far as WWE's eyes, it doesn't look like he's going to come in. Kodak Bushi here and there uh, coming in. But TJ Perkins came out the big star. Brian Kendrick came out well. Grandma Talik, when he finally shows up on 205 Live, I'm sure will be a big hit. Uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, what was the uh, the top moment I'm in, in the Cruiserweight Classic? And what do you see in the future of this Cruiserweight division? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think eventually Neville becomes the champ because he's a WWE quote-unquote superstar that has some heft with the uh, with the crowds that they're shooting in front of. Uh, I could see them just taping in full sale eventually. I, I I could possibly if this thing really starts to hamper the product a bit in their eyes. I, I don't... I don't know because they're doing so much with it right now that it seems like it lacks a bit of focus to me because from Raw to 205 Live, you have stories going overnight. Um, I think Jack Gallagher is going to be a breakout star on this show. I think he already is possibly. Um, and it's going to be interesting when they get the Tazawa's and Metalliques finally going if they can do more than, say, a Lince Dorada or a Japanese buzzsaw Tajiri, who re next week.
0: Yep, Tajiri's coming back. Uh, yeah, the Cruiserweight Classic and Bleeding Into 205 Live, certainly a big story in WWE on screen. Um, you, know, you mentioned Sasha Banks and Charlotte a little bit earlier. Uh, we get into Backlash, or excuse me, Clash of Champions, uh, which was the Raw-branded show of September, and they kind of threw Bailey into this, the whole Charlotte Mm -hmm. Sasha Banks feud. Bailey finally gets thrown into it. And then she goes away for a while. Now we're starting to get Bailey again. This was the point where you realized in this feud that they really didn't know exactly how long they wanted to go with it. You had Sasha Banks injury stuff happening again. Uh, So they do the triple threat here. Charlotte wins, continues her pay-per-view streak. And then we get into the real heat of Charlotte and Sasha Banks. One of the most important programs of the year, but Obviously the most important women's program of the year.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because it it went ro- horribly wrong and then they corrected it and then it went wrong and then they corrected it again and it became something because when they brought Bailey in for battleground to be Sasha's partner, that was a tremendous, tremendous boost to the division, I thought, because of just the reaction that Bailey got there. Now they did absolutely nothing with it. And they killed her on NXT and then kind of brought her up with a little bit of fanfare uh to help replace Sasha, who got injured in that match in SummerSlam when got that that bump where, where where Charlotte just drops her and walks away. That thing scared the heck out of me. But it's a disappointing story for me because look I like both Sasha and Bailey. And they both got considerably cooled off for what they possibly should be right now in order to make Charlotte, who is very, very good in this heel role now after she's broken away from Ric Flair, a bigger star and she's great. And now we're going to see what happens, what they do with Bailey. They're just now getting around to the Bailey program after almost a year after her debut uh, on the main roster, so to speak. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I, I, they're gonna have to break this streak eventually. And the, the fact that they're running this Bailey program now makes me think that she may not be the one. So uh but the program has been good. They righted the ship by giving you know, by having Sasha beat Charlotte on Raw's and having Charlotte beat Sasha on pay-per-views. The only problem was they never let Sasha defend the title once. She never had one successful title defense. So can you really call her an equal to Charlotte right now? I think yes, she hasn't you can. not been presented that
0: way. More, more people, because Raw has a much larger audience, more people saw all of Sasha's big wins. So she's a star okay. in their eyes. Okay. But, but okay. Charlotte's getting the pay-per-view stuff. And I think people still consider the pay-per-views to be more meaningful than Raw. So it's kind of a mix. Like More people saw Sasha at her best, but more people remember Charlotte at her best.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the, the the raw matches that they had were fantastic. I mean the the the, the title changes that were on there were just yeah. exemplary. I thought they did quite well in the Iron Woman match. I think they did they did fine in the Hell in the Cell, which was panned just because of the way they told the story. I mean both the Iron Woman and or Iron Man, I'm sorry, the Iron Man and the Hell in the Cell were panned a bit because of just the illogic in booking, not necessarily because of the match per se. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it was a very important, it was an important year. This year was really the year where the women started to get some traction on both rosters. I think, yeah. I think it was a big year for them.
0: You go into October when a lot of the talk heading into the no mercy pay-per-view, Ms. and Dolph Ziggler were setting up a, a pretty interesting program and people were wondering, as they built towards a title versus career match, with Miz putting up his Intercontinental Championship, Dolph Ziggler putting up his career, was Dolph Ziggler's run in WWE over? And obviously, it wasn't. And Dolph Ziggler ended up winning, and he won the Intercontinental Championship. Um, Dolph Ziggler and the Miz—was this where uh, you know we kind of got into? You know, the Miz was one of the top guys on SmackDown. Did it happen earlier when this big talking Smack Rampage with Dane O'Brien started happening? Um, when did you turn the corner this year on the Miz, or have you even?
1: Oh, I have quite a bit. I mean, I, I, I always liked the Miz in some ways, just, you know, personal, you know, personal acquaintances and and things of that nature. I think he started to get it right after WrestleMania and in that WrestleMania run, uh, up to the Intercontinental match. And then the night after when they brought back Maurice, I think Maurice added a lot to the Miz's role. I think he then upped his game with the talking smack promo with Daniel Bryan, and after that, he's just been on this wave, and he has been not only good, he's been exemplary. He may be, he may be fighting Kevin Owens for that number two spot of MVP in the WWE. I think after oh. after AJ, I mean, he is very very close. Oh, he is the yeah. one pure. I, he is the one pure heel on this roster. He I knows how to get heat. I mean, he is, I mean, he has upped his game to the point where I want him in that main event picture at WrestleMania because I know he will talk people into the building.
0: It's amazing because the Miz is kind of propping Dean Ambrose up. If they end up wrestling at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship, and maybe it happens, there's two pay-per-views before that. So maybe they don't get all the way that far. But if that match happens, the Miz is the one propping Dean Ambrose up. It's not the other way around. We talk about The Miz and Maurice. This might be the best time to get into our final award of the night. It is WWE Match of the Year, Jeff Hawkins. It's the big one. It's the final Tino Award of the Night. Your nominees for WWE Match of the Year are Rusev and Lana, The Miz and Maurice, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, James Ellsworth and Dean Ambrose and James Ellsworth and Carmella we go to the envelope Jeff Hawkins who is WWE's match of the year
1: oh, it would have to be Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho
0: oh a fine wow. couple
1: a fine fine couple
0: it, it is amazing Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are the winners it was a tie for second place if you can believe that or not between Miz and Maurice and Ellsworth and Ambrose, congratulations to Owens and Jericho though for winning the Big Tino of the Year, WWE's Match of the Year. Amazing run Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are having, and they'll officially be on the same page heading into 2017. They're closing the year out together.
1: Yeah, and it happened by accident when they were doing that promo. Uh, was it a three-way or a or a six-way with with? Uh, I just remember the promo with Alberto Del Rio in there, and those two just started vibing with yep. each other in terms of being yep. best friends from Canada.
0: Were, and right.
1: after that, they just ran with the ball. Yeah.
0: Alberto Del Rio trying to think of someone witty to say, and Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho just talking right over him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they just steamrolled. They just, if that were an improv scene, they just steamrolled him. They just said, yep. get, get out of the way, Junior. The, the men are talking right now.
0: October ended with the uh, questions of what would be the main event of hell in a cell. And they did indeed put Charlotte and Sasha banks in the main event. And I, I remember having more fond memories of this match than almost everyone else. I thought this was really good. Um, you know, people were talking about the botch ending as how Sasha banks was supposed to go through the table. when I don't believe that was the case at all. I don't believe Sasha banks was supposed to go through the table. She was being ragdolled on top of the table two or three times. Uh, but Charlotte ends up winning Uh, This was the one, Jeff, where I really thought they were going to give Sasha Banks the big win.
1: Me too, and I thought they did a poor job of hyping it as the main event, and I thought they did a poor job of not giving Sasha the big win here. I think they needed to, and I I agree with you. I think there were two places to give Sasha a big win to make her the star that everybody chanting, we want Sasha, would have made her. It was either going to be at Mania or here. They needed one of those for Sasha to win.
0: We also had the return to WWE of Goldberg, and we head into November at the main event of Survivor Series 2016, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. This match did not go how anyone thought it was going to go. The buildup had been super hot. Like, Goldberg was a totally different guy. He was WCW Goldberg, and even more so. Like, he was probably better than he'd ever been before as far as getting the crowd behind him. Uh, you know, we, when, the first match, uh, when the match was first announced, I was skeptical how the Toronto crowd would react to Bill Goldberg but every crowd he was in front of loved him. And he goes in there in over a, in a little over a minute and just beats Brock Lesnar. He just beats him and Brock Lesnar's weird pay-per-view streak of this 2016, your thoughts on the good return of Goldberg to WWE. Was it the biggest story of the year?
1: No, but it was close and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Goldberg learned charisma. He got people to like him. He got people in Toronto who love Bret Hart to like him? And this match defied every expectation you could think of for this match because you're thinking, how are they gonna do the smoke and mirrors here? Yeah, are they we gonna were, add we a thinking, stipulation?
0: Yeah, we were thinking like if they main event, it's gotta be a ten to fifteen minute match. Well, no, apparently it doesn't. In in WWE's eyes, they were like, We'll main event it. Watch us. We'll watch us have the balls to main event this in a minute and a half. And they, they did
1: they it. They had they had the balls to do it in a minute and a half. They had the balls to let Goldberg go over as opposed to spiking the ball like they did with Sting at WrestleMania last year. And they, they did it right, and they made him a bigger transcendent star than he already was. This did wonders for Goldberg's, I wouldn't say his legacy necessarily, but at least his WWE legacy, where the last thing you remember of him was that terrible match with Lesnar, where Steve Austin ended up calling an audible and stunning both of them.
0: And you also, you talk about learning charisma. I think he always had charisma and he got crowds to, you know, be behind (sighs) him. It it was not so much learning charisma as it was. He was coming in, not caring at all. Like he didn't care how, how he was going to come. He was just coming in to wrestle in front of his son, right? That's all he was doing. He wasn't caring about his job. He wasn't caring about anything else. And as we learned with Batista, when you stop caring, sometimes you're at your best.
1: There are different kinds of charisma. What I'm talking about is cutting a promo, because he could never cut a promo. When when he, I mean he he was, you know they and they didn't let him in in WW or in WCW. It was a certain kind of. I mean, I, as I like to say, the spirit of Hawk got into him because I mean it was funny, it was witty, it was conversational, and it was badass at the same time. It was amazing to watch this Bill Goldberg run absolutely amazing and they got in got out had him do what he had to do and it's and it's got everybody talking about what they're gonna do with him for the next four months this did everything it was supposed to do and more I, I think I, if they're not totally just just dancing on a pile of money about this then then I don't know what what anybody else would be doing yeah I'm not like
0: I'm not like others I I haven't put the idea of Bill Goldberg actually winning the championship or main eventing WrestleMania in my mind. I mean, maybe no. they'll do Brock Lesnar and Goldberg 3, even though that's still weird because Goldberg won both of the first two matches. Uh, but still, yeah, it's a fun time. I mean, it, it adds another wrinkle to the Royal Rumble, which is usually a great pay-per-view and the most intriguing pay-per-view of the year anyway. So it mm-hmm. adds to it. Yeah, and this was uh, this was the return of Goldberg. Uh, we thought for one night only, he made the big speech about how Gold or Brock Lesnar was last. And what's funny about that, is he gives the speech? We think, okay, he's one and done. He comes back, and now he's like, oh well, he's not one and done. Well, Brock Lesnar still may be last because if Brock Lesnar's his last match at WrestleMania, I, he, he was telling the truth the whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to walk away from that when they throw a pile of money at you, isn't it? <laughs> yep, it is.
0: Uh, we had Alexa Bliss winning the Women's Championship of SmackDown against Becky Lynch, setting up Alexa Bliss as a true main eventer on the women's side on SmackDown and cementing his legacy of this year, AJ Styles defeating Dean Ambrose in a TLC match at TLC 2016. Uh, this is also the night where Miz won back his Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match that went 25 minutes, uh, setting up the Miz and AJ Styles as SmackDown's big hopes, along with John Cena, going into 2017. And that's something I can get behind. If Miz and AJ Styles can repeat or even come close to their 2016s in 2017, SmackDown will continue to be the show to watch.
1: Yeah. I think SmackDown will continue to be the show to watch. And I think as you can see, someone's not happy about it, getting all this great publicity about it being the show to watch because they're trying to port over the things that make it cool over to raw with the talking raw show afterwards from time to time. They're trying to give their characters the same kind of leeway They're They're trying to put them forward. They're trying to get that same loosey goosey feel Problem is Stephanie McMahon in a way, and I don't think they can get around that character. They're never going to make her likable, so it's going to be hard. That Next state of week. the WWE thing was terrible. Oh uh, well, state <laughs> of the
0: WWE was terrible. Yes, uh, it was bad. But that's all we have to say about that. Next week on the show, we will talk about what we look forward to in 2017. We'll talk about a little bit more about the year ahead. This was our year in review show. Uh, we have our top 100 match to get into. It is match number eight on the top 100 matches to see on WWE Network before you die. It is the Dudleys versus the Hardys versus Edge and Christian TLC two from WrestleMania 17 or WrestleMania X seven in your program guides from April of 2001, which is coming up Jeff on 16 years ago. Wow. OMG, OMG. Yeah,
1: and most of these guys, <laughs> I mean what two thirds of this match were wrestling this year in two thousand and sixteen,
0: so yeah, I mean it's you have Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are in t n a edge and Christian both retired, but the Dudleys were in w w e this year. Rhino, who was heavily involved in the finish of this match, Rhino is still on SmackDown in a tag team title shot picture. Uh, so yeah, some of the guys are gone. Some of the guys are still hanging around and it's not like they were rookies in 2001. The Dudleys have been wrestling for a long time. Rhino had been wrestling for about two years uh, in ECW in the national stage. So these guys have been around for a long, long time and they're still going strong because Matt Hardy I mean Matt Hardy might be doing the biggest single thing of his career ever, at least since WrestleMania 18 or WrestleMania 19 when he was Matt Hardy, Hardy v, version one or whatever it was, Matt Hardy V1, uh, so yeah, these guys are still going strong. It's not even like they're whimpering out.
1: Yeah, and uh, this thing uh, is a car crash. I mean, it's a lot of stunts. It's a lot of unprotected chair shots. It becomes a nine-way match because everybody has a third in there that ends up doing some stunts in there too. Yep. Um, it's a it's it's a stunt show of a match, and it's a lot of fun to watch uh it's it's by no way a technical masterpiece but you will marvel at what jeff hardy does to his body in this match and the fact that he's still wrestling is a miracle of science
0: the most iconic moment of the match has to be the spear onto jeff hardy from the ladder right
1: yes yes it was and and that thing it, it gets set up by bubba ray or hit Carrying the ladder, I almost called him bully ray. <laughs> How weird is that? Uh, carrying the ladder where Jeff Hardy's foot is attached, and then he gets the momentum to swing, and then Edge comes off from the other side. I mean that that thing, and and the way they landed. I mean that could not have been uh, fun to take. I'll put it that way. I mean, and that's after he's already done a a dive from the top of a ladder onto two tables below with people on them. I mean that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, this is the rabbit hole I fell under uh, when I was watching this match because I watched this match earlier today, uh, TLC2 from WrestleMania. Paul Heyman is on commentary. Paul Heyman is on commentary. This is his first pay-per-view since joining WWE uh, as a commentary member, replacing Jerry Lawler, who was fired or quit actually in protest that WWE fired the cat. Uh, So you have Paul Heyman on commentary with Jim Ross, so I'm searching, like, when was when was Paul Heyman's debut? Like, I, I remember it just being a couple of weeks before, but, like, I was trying to read up on Paul Heyman coming over, and I fell into, like, ECW's last couple of weeks. And then eventually I found this on uh, on Reddit, uh, apart from Dave Meltzer's uh, Wrestling Observer, about uh, Paul Heyman appearing on Raw and uh, ECW officially being dead. And I was reading this, and I'm like, it's funny to think back sometimes on what everyone thinks you know, 16 years ago and how everything plays out. Uh, Cause he, Dave Meltzer writes about Jerry Lawler resigning from WWF. Paul Heyman comes in, he makes his official TV debut. And this is what Dave Meltzer writes at the time about Paul Heyman coming in to the WWF. Uh, He's got a hard act to follow. Jerry Lawler fit perfectly with the tone of the current WWF product. He was able to effectively move between doing comedy centered around his own personality and getting across storylines and 16 years later jerry lawler was still stuck in that time frame because now jerry lawler is nowhere to be seen would you agree that jerry lawler was the perfect commentary fit in 2001
1: no i couldn't stand lawler in 2001 making puppies jokes and and uh, being basically a big seventh grader i i loved this ross Heyman combination and I especially love when Heyman would needle Ross because it kept Ross fresh because Ross yes, was, sure was getting him an edge. long it of two. Him an edge. Jim Ross was it, like
0: he had to be kept on his toes and he would fight mm-hmm. back. And When Jim Ross would fight back, that's when you've really got the emotion out of him because you know, Jim Ross is kind of a dick, right? And we've yeah. seen it. We've seen it in interviews and when he could play a dick, like he's still likable, but at the same yeah. time, you wanted to see him you know, fight back a little bit.
1: Yeah. You wanted to see a color commentator where they weren't, I mean, where he wasn't playing so much of a straight man rather than he was actually being a real person out there trying to call a match with this jerk who kept saying jerky things. I loved Paul Heyman this match, And plus, Paul Heyman had one of the best lines. I forget if it was on Raw or whatever, but it was after Austin turns heel and he goes, they're not booing, they're chanting Austin. Right. Austin. I I love Heyman is, is great and he's funny in his own way. And I I liked just the cutting edge and it it made Ross fresh in my mind because I thought Ross's act was a little, I mean, for all the hyperbola that was great in big match moments, his act was getting a bit stale, I thought. And I thought it really freshened up the commentary booth. I thought it made it more serious. I thought it it made it less childish and less WWE-like and more wrestling-like. I, and look, they had good chemistry in WCW when they were a commentary team. I, I didn't expect anything less. I was more than happy to get rid of Jerry Lawler. I hope he had never come back, and and he had stayed with his wife, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't stand Jerry Lawler on commentary. I have a lot of respect for him in Memphis, but WWF, WWE Lawler does nothing for me
0: yeah you uh moving uh moving forward dave Meltzer back to dave Meltzer. what he writes uh the march 5th rate or his appearance he starts dave Meltzer here starts paul Heyman's appearance didn't do anything for the ratings the march 5th raw drew a 4.5 rating its lowest non-holiday rating for a raw on tnn ever so here we are sometimes talking about low ratings we've done it a lot this year uh not so much on our show but it's been out there um Still drawing poor ratings back all the way in two thousand one. Like ratings have been dropping for a long, long time. And this was a pretty exciting time in WWE too. The you know WCW had just been sold to WWF. Uh, we were getting ready for the the invasion season in WWF. So like I was coming aboard from WCW onto the WWF uh, train. Uh, so it wasn't just Paul Heyman and ECW folding. WCW was folding at the same time. And here we are sixteen years later when ratings are still being looked at uh, as as scrutinized as they were back in 2001 uh dave Meltzer
1: well, continued... well hold on i mean ratings are comparable though i mean they're looking at ratings as being disappointed as compared to the monday night wars and saying that that those are bad i mean their tnn was not a help for usa in terms of ratings and just to put this on Heyman's a bit unfair because they never plugged Heyman as being on the show he was kind of there one week because lawler got lawler walked out so i mean you can't really say well he did nothing for these ratings here it's like it's its i
0: I don't think that's what dave was saying either i think it was just that was just his segue into the ratings for the show but even still i mean yeah record low ratings it's amazing sometimes how we talk about record low ratings and they just keep happening uh one of these other paragraphs here i i thought was interesting uh dave says he says he is telling people that he doesn't want the job full-time as a replacement for Jerry Lawler. In fact, Heyman appears more involved in his real passion booking backstage at raw on Monday. He participated in the production meetings. Uh, He simply walked around the locker room and shook everyone's hands, but wasn't officially announced as being with WWF. The impression given was that Heyman would not be the full-time replacement for Jerry Lawler. And as we would find out, he was the full-time replacement for Jerry Lawler until Lawler returned to the company several, several months later Um, after Survivor Series, I believe, when the whole WWF invasion ended, Um, yes, yeah. So, uh, there you go. You you had Paul Heyman as the co owner of ECW. Dave Meltzer also talked about how uh, ECW was not likely to be resurrected in WWE, and then months later, (laughs) it was. Uh, so sometimes it's funny to go back in these things how things uh, develop and change and are reported one way but happen a different way. I just thought that was interesting as, as I was looking back at the uh, march of 2001 and april of 2001 the crazy time it was with wcw ecw wwf wrestlemania and, and least of which this was also the steve austin heel turn i mean this was a crazy time in wwf
1: could you imagine how bad this match or how much more intolerable this match would have been if Lawler had been on commentary
0: I mean, if it was 2016 Lawler, it would have been insufferable. I I remember not hating 2001 Lawler. I just didn't think he was that great. I don't I don't hate it like I did when he was, you know, finally kicked off. The I recall commentary he, team did, last he year. didn't
1: he didn't like hardcore wrestling all that much, so he he'd make certain snide comments about it. Oh yeah, he so I was always, I, I th-
0: always anti uh, hardcore in ECW. Right.
1: right. So I think the tables, ladders, and chairs. He might have he might have just he might have brought it down a peg.
0: Next week, match number seven Bret Hart versus Davy Boy Smith from SummerSlam 1992. It is match number seven on the countdown. We'll talk about that next week, as well as our uh, 2017 look ahead. And who knows, Dean Ambrose and The Miz for the SmackDown Intercontinental Championship. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but before we sign off, Jeff, it's time to talk about this week's Raw.
1: In the world of